Hello, photography lovers, and welcome to another episode of your most favorite show about photography called the Fashion Photography Podcast. Here, every Wednesday, I'm welcoming you with another guest, a fellow from the industry that is sharing his or hers secrets and tips and tricks. And every other Friday, I am answering your questions. So guys, my name is Virginia. I'm very happy to be here with you. And I want to tell you, if you want to listen to more of our episodes, go to photographypodcast.net, where you're going to find all of our previous podcasts and also a little preview of our guest's work. And if you're using a podcasting app in order to listen to our show, go and subscribe right away because you need the future episodes, trust me. I want to tell you guys before the start of the interview that I have some amazing news for you connected to the portfolio of you that I believe all of you are waiting for. So if you want to find out how to participate in this portfolio review, you have to listen to the whole podcast because at the very end of it, I'm sharing the news and I'm giving you the details on how to be part of it. But this is at the end of this episode. So let me tell you more about the podcast today. Since it's Wednesday, I'm here with a guest and he's going to share with us his interesting way of falling in love with photography. The very first step he did and where exactly. We're also talking about the precious experience that he gained from assisting and what are the pros and cons about it. And if you're interested in how to gain clients, stay with us because we are also discussing how his personal projects are bringing him clients. If you want to learn more, all you have to do is to say hello to my guest. Hello, I'm Alec Brussing. I'm a photographer from Amsterdam. I work mainly in fashion photography, but I do portraits and advertising as well. When was the first moment you decided that you can travel a lot with your profession and what was the place that you were most excited about? Wow. Actually, it is the other way around. Hmm. From traveling, I became a photographer. Whoa, tell me more. When I was like 18, 19, I finished school. I had a lot of options of what I could become at the time, but I made a choice with my best friends and we decided to take train to Vladivostok. Uh, I don't know if you know Vladivostok, but it's the far end of Siberia. Yes, and it's really cold. Next to Japan. <laughs> it's very cold, but we just had the idea to pick the train. So that's what we did, actually. We took the Trans-Siberian Express. Before we left, we found out there was nothing to do at Vladivostok. So we um, <laughs> started traveling. Uh, we bowed down to Mongolia, to Beijing. We lived there for half a year, traveling together. We had a really romantic idea about that with a guitar on our back. And <laughs> we also bought a dog somewhere. We were like, we are boys, you know, like little kids. A bit more than 20 years ago, China was a little bit different. We saw them as villages then, but now they're like cities of millions of people. We traveled around and in the beginning, halfway, we were picked up by all kinds of English-speaking students and we stayed at their dormitories and it was really fantastic. And then we went up to the west, all up to the Gobi Desert and ended up in uh, Tibet. And there, my friend got sick 
and I got on the Jeep. I don't know why I did that. I would never do that again. But at the time I was, yeah, you're okay. You're with friends here. We met some people there and you stay with them. But yes, well, he had a high fever. So it was not a good idea of me to go, but I did. And I was with three other people in the Jeep. We were traveling to all these uh, highlands. I mean, you're on the lowest point in uh, Tibet is like 4,000 uh, meters. Mm-hmm. So you have this high, huge highlands and, and, and great sights. And it was fantastic, amazing, unbelievable trip. But there was a photographer there as well, kind of an inspiring guy for me. So I saw him shooting there and I was looking at his views. And then suddenly came up to me that I would like to do the same thing. We went on traveling and after a couple of months, we arrived in Hong Kong. So that's where I bought my first camera. So what was the first thing that you shot with this camera? With this camera, I don't remember. Actually, the choice of becoming a photographer was the choice of I'm going to try something which I really can't. I'm sure I'm really bad at it. So I want to try something really new. So my fixation on creating images wasn't like it is right now that developed in the years after. At the beginning, I just liked the lifestyle. I find out later that in the earlier days when I was younger, I was already filming a lot and already had the eye, but I didn't know at the time. So I came back to Holland because a friend of ours found a house in the middle of the center of Amsterdam and we could uh, live there as well. So when we returned in Amsterdam, we immediately got out of home and started living on ourselves. Well, I just made the decision that I want to go to art school, but I didn't have any pictures. I thought I needed a year to create a portfolio. But in the meantime, I started studying philosophy. But after a couple of months, I had enough study points. So I focused completely on developing myself and shoot and do all kinds of weird shoots. I was selected after a couple of months to get in Den Haag. That was one of the best places to study photography at the time. And what they said to me was, you cannot photograph at all, but you have nice <laughs> ideas. So um, slowly I became addicted to the photography itself. Would you recommend to somebody to start studying in art school nowadays? Yes and no. <laughs> Tell me more. <laughs> and when I have students at my studio, I always say you pick the most terrible job in the world, you know? Really? The most fantastic job. But out of those 15 students I see, only one or two will make it. With every study, you have to find your own way. When I was at school, every night I was still developing till 10 o'clock. The school was open till late, so you could still work there till 10 o'clock. And I never left day earlier. Why do you think those people, those two or three students that you have in your studio are still standing? What's the thing that's helping them to succeed? Their focus, I think. You really have to be focused and you have to have a long breath. Although I'm doing photography, people know me But you have to be focused all the time. You're as good as your last picture. When you develop some sort of style, which is interesting and gets picked up, after one or two years, you will see much more photographers doing the same thing, maybe for a cheaper price. So you have to be aware all the time. I also think there's quite a lot of people who finish art school and they start and in the beginning they do really well. They get nice jobs and life is fantastic. And after a couple of years, they don't develop any further. The business will just stop. I think it's really important to keep developing yourself. For me, it's a natural thing because I don't like to make things twice. Mm -hmm. I always try to get a new angle or different perspective to what I do. And also I try to do a lot of different things in photography. Nowadays, for instance, But it also has something to do with, I just uh, have a newborn 
last year. Oh, congrats. Thank you. Thank you. But that also means that I'm very busy at home. Every two, three months, I try to do some free work or do a little bit more editorial work. Uh, last year, I didn't. I just did commercial work or like 90%. And what happened to your business? Well, you cannot say right now. At the moment, I'm sure that if I keep doing that, just focusing on commercial things, in a couple of years, nobody will hear from me anymore. Mm -hmm. So here everyone can sense the importance of doing personal projects. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And does that have to be personal? Most of the time I create like, for, for instance, a fashion story and later on we'll sell it or not sell it, but get it in some sort of magazine or whatever. Most of the time it will be published, but the, the starting point is just trying to make something new, something creative, something you like to do. I think that's very important to find that all the time. For instance, I got a little bit sick of doing all those commercial things. So now it's time at the moment actually to invest a little bit more in some other project. I've been working now for 16 years. Every time I did that, before that, when I invested in myself or invested in, in things I like, it pays off in one way or another. So do you rely on luck and coincidence or you're actually developing a strategy on how to come up with those new stuff that will excite you? I believe in luck. You can be lucky, but not for me. I mean, that's not my way. To create the environment I love, I have to work hard for that. But that's not the problem. Believe in luck, but don't rely on it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can say so. Yeah, sometimes you're lucky. Of course you are. But most of the time you did things uh, right to get lucky. Yeah, that's true. And you have to be lucky a lot of times to stay for a longer period in a business like photography, I guess. It's very interesting that you're saying this because uh, we had a conversation with Joel Grimes and he was talking exactly about this process of reinventing yourself. Mm -hmm. For him, this process is approximately every 10 years. As a photographer, to start doing new stuff, to change a little bit your style, to get rid of all the things that you're tired of. What do you think about yourself? Do you need 10 whole years or maybe less? Work on that all the time. Mm -hmm. At a certain point when you're doing it for a longer time, like me, you find out you try to do things differently, but you can't. Let's say I tried before to make like really raw photography, a very really raw series. Mm -hmm. It's impossible for me. That's not how my brain works. My brain is trying to put everything on the right place and it's impossible. So that's something I know, but still in that framework that I try to make something nice or something beautiful out of everything I see, I like to organize it. I like to organize backgrounds. I like to organize light. I like to organize stuff. So a lot of different approaches, how you can fix a job. When you mentioned business plans, where are you gaining this knowledge to develop your business? First, I have to say it's really hard to it is. Create, create a business plan for something we do. But uh, of course you take risk. Of course you have to make sure you have a certain business for the upcoming years. But I think in photography, it's really hard. For instance, 2013 was one of my most creative years, but also one of my worst years uh, financially. Mm -hmm. What about 2014? <laughs> well, it was much better already, yeah. You need a little bit of time to harvest at the end. <laughs> can be true. That can be true. Even if it's a plan for one or two months ahead, 
Do you yeah. want to tell us how you're making the structure for it? Because for many people that are listening to the podcast today, they're starting their business or they're struggling a little bit with it. So maybe a plan like this can really help them. The last year in art school, I found out that there was much more to learn assisting a photographer. My choice fell on commercial photographers because they are like huge problem solvers. You have a client, you want to have a certain ID, and you have to create that ID. Whatever it is, if it's shooting a banana to a group of 100 people, you have to solve it. So I think to learn a lot about how to deal with all different kinds of jobs, the best thing to do is start assisting a well-known commercial photographer. At first, I worked for a car photographer. Yeah, we were traveling like a year all over the world from a month to Australia. We went to New York for two weeks for just making one picture. Mm -hmm. After this, I started assisting one of his best friends. And this guy, he did smaller jobs, but he did everything himself. There was no agent. There was no productions company. He just had good people around him and he was good in everything. He was a good photographer, knew how to solve jobs, but he had also the knowledge to run a business well. When I started assisting him, I just signed up for half a year because I was so eager to start at that point. And every half year, he just said, well, stay another half year. And I could make use of anything in the studio. So I did a lot of shoots there. Mm -hmm. And at the end, I stayed for two and a half years there. At that point, I wasn't afraid of anything. So when I started in 2002, just after 9-11, business was very slow. Mm -hmm. I started with no clients at all. I loaned some money and I just started. I took every picture as the last picture I took in my life. I took so much effort in everything. Slowly, but firmly, I started to get clients, clients, clients. So after half a year, a huge uh, billboards campaign already for Bacardi Breezer, uh, which was fantastic for me to have all these big billboards all over Holland. What were your first steps in this moment when you were starting by yourself? How did you get to shoot for a client like this? Well, I did a couple of small jobs for a really small magazine called Slam. Every month, somebody wrote a poem and I just had to take some sort of inspirational picture. I could do whatever I liked. But mm -hmm. that take, took really, really nice. I took big effort in it. There was one picture where I got like three crashed cars together and somebody standing on it and all kinds of crazy ideas. And the girl who was working at the magazine, she started her own magazine just at the same time when I started my business. And so she remembered me and she was working with one of the coolest design companies in Amsterdam at the time. Nobody knew that, that they were the coolest, but I didn't know either. <laughs> so started with a couple of portraits for them. That was my first shoot. But we made really nice portraits. And from then, next time I was doing portraits again. After that, I did first cover. And then I did like a whole big fashion shoot. So we helped each other a lot. So they were like really, really happy with the content. I brought them every time because I was putting my life in those series. Mm-hmm. At the time, there were only like a couple of really big photographers. There were maybe five, and I did all the jobs. Along with them, there was a lot of assistants who all became photographers themselves. So there was like a small group of people before me of uh, really nice or young photographers who helped each other a lot and who know each other. 
actually it happened like this one of those assistants who was already a photographer the art director went to him Overschuren was his name and he said well we want to do this really cool campaign but we need like a really hip photographer and that's not you give me a name do you know somebody else oh <laughs> he just told him my name so that's how it went so it was a little bit goodwill from guys who saw me working so hard all the time as an assistant in the years before mm -hmm. so at the time when i started i wasn't afraid because i had so much knowledge from working as an assistant and that helped me a lot and at the same time i also knew i learned how to run a proper invoice system and mm -hmm. stuff like that so that's what i learned from those years at the office of the other photographer vincent kruid mm -hmm. that's nice so you've learned how to do your invoices, but I think you learned a lot about the shooting process. So tell me about the production company or agent, whatever you're using. What are the pros and cons and what is their job exactly? Well, the, actually, there's no cons. Apart from it will cost you quite a lot of money. But on the other hand, a production company or actually an agent, because they're not only producing, has to make sure that your work is shown to the right clients. They have to be at the right places internationally and nationally. They stay in contact with your clients. They're in between you. So you don't have to talk about money, which can be annoying when you're doing it all by yourself because you're the creative, but you also have to talk about money at the same time. Sometimes that can be conflicting for a photographer. And of course, they make sure that everything is settled for a shoot. So they make sure the setup is right. Of course, in cooperation with me, we decide what is the best stylist for the job and what is the best hairdresser for the job. And they combine that and make a call sheet for the whole shoot. And at the end, they're in between you and your client. I started by myself. Then I was for three years with House of Orange, which and high fashion agency for stylists, for hairdressers, and for hair and makeup artists. And they also had photographers. And I stayed there for three years. And then I went to UNIT CMA, which is one of the biggest nationally and internationally agency for photographers. Again, I stayed there for three years. After that, I got a little bit sick of it. <laughs> I was like, hey, I can do this myself. So I left UNIT. And I did it for myself for like six years and I had only in Asia. And last year I went back to UNIT mm. because there are three or four important agencies in Holland where I could work. One of them is led by my girlfriend. So that was no option. <laughs> we don't want to work together <laughs> because we have so much thing going on together already that working together would be too much. So that was no option. I always had a good feeling with UNIT. The nice thing was that the agent who used to work with me at House of Orange now worked at UNIT as well. And the people I worked with the last time I was there were still there. So it really felt like home. At the time, I knew what I, what I was signing for. Mm -hmm. Actually, I went away because everybody says this who has an agent. But what do they do? What have they done for me lately? Cost me so much money. I mean, everybody who is in the business, they always talk about that. You know, they always talk in this way about their agent. Doesn't matter who they're with. So when I returned, I knew what I was signing for. But for me, it was important that I could keep a couple of clients I work a lot for. I will serve them myself. And also all my international business is done by myself because I have my agents already there. 
it's nice. It has advantages to do it by yourself, but it's also nice when you're doing it together. So I'm really happy that I returned. What is the most valuable advice you've ever received from your agents? Whoa. <laughs> mm, yeah, that's a big one. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot think of advice, but what I always really, really love to do was working and looking at my portfolio with Narda van der Veer, and she's like a legend in photography. Mm-hmm. Narda van der Veer is the owner of units. She really breathes photography. She knows everything about photography. And there is nothing nicer because she's so honest. We have really honest discussions about what works and what doesn't work and what works for me and what doesn't work. Do you think there is a particular moment in someone's career when they need to turn to an agent? Not before you already developed a nice style, I guess. I had a really good assistant and I really loved the guy and he assisted me. And one year later, he was with an agent and I said, man, you're way too early. You didn't develop anything yet in your work. They won't pick you out. I mean, there are like 20 photographers in this roster. The, the clients won't, won't pick you out. And that's what, exactly what happened. Yeah, I think he's not photographing anymore. So first try and see yourself. Make sure you make the right choice. That's the don't go with any agent. Having a bad agent is the worst thing you can do, I guess. When you decide, okay, I'm ready for it. Make sure you talk to a lot of them to make the right decision. When you more or less develop the style, but your range of clients is quite small, I think that's the best moment to get an agent. Oh, that's very interesting that you're not tidying the style and the amount of clients that you have. No, I don't tie them together. No, of course not. No. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any final advices for the people that are listening to the podcast? I think when you make the choice to become a photographer, we, we talked about that earlier, is not to be there just for a short time. It would be so nice if you can stay forever. And in order to do that, I think it's really important to have a clear mind all the way and to look at your stuff you did last year or maybe last five years. Stay focused on how you can tell stories differently mm -hmm. try, try to focus on how you can which is maybe more important surprise yourself and i think it's really really most important to surprise yourself in creativity and not try to copy yourself because that's what people call style all the time to keep things interesting for yourself and when you keep it interesting for yourself you'll find out the rest will follow oh i love that Thank you, Alex, so much for this interview. You're welcome. You're welcome. It was really nice. Well, this episode was rather short, but I hope it was super inspirational for you. If you want to see Alex's work, you know where to do that, photographypodcast.net, where you're going to find also all of our previous episodes. And in case you have some amazing editorials that you're wondering where exactly to submit, go to youthfashionmagazine.com and finally show these amazing results to the world. I also have a big announcement, as I promised you in the beginning of the show. You know that every other month, we are doing absolutely free portfolio review? Well, it's that time exactly. 
So if you want to find out how to take part in this portfolio review, all you have to do is to visit our Facebook group called the Fashion Photography Podcast. I just want to remind you that the deadline is sort of short, so don't waste a lot of time. So be fast. Take a look at the Facebook group and see all the details in there. I hope you're excited as much as I am. And I want to say thank you so much for being with me today. And don't forget to come back next Wednesday when I'll be here with another guest. 